Last time on Taverns and Cavern Side Stories, Bog and I joined some adventurers heading to the decaying waste with the lovely Lady Eska. For a lot of gold, I might add. We had a lovely start to our adventure, got some tasty food, got to camp, until some adventurers disturbed my slumber. For that, they paid tasting justice. We finished the night giving Rashi some dragon thing, I don't know. My blade as well. I guess this job is going to be a lot tougher than I thought, given Eska's popularity. Side Stories Episode 11, Sources of Allura, Part 3. Alright, welcome back to another exciting episode of Taverns and Caverns Side Stories, everyone. This is your Dungeon Master Haphazard DM, and returning today we have Kai Duh. <laughs> Sorry, Kaida. I don't know if you want me to call you Kaida. I can't remember from last Hi. time. Kai, <laughs> Kaida, Kaida. Yeah, we have we have Kaida playing his character, Kai the Rogue, or not the Rogue, but the Ranger. We have Rodimus returning back again as another guest. Rod playing Yalara the Tortle Warlock. It's Warlock, right? Yeah, yeah, Warlock. <laughs> All right, yeah, I hope he's a Warlock. Yeah, sorry guys, it's been it's been quite a while since we played. It's been about two months and. Since we were have been able to get together to play, and we have a Jake who's playing Eckert, the cleric and fighter. Right, it's a mixed class, wasn't it? Yes, Eckert's a mixed class, that's for sure. All right, cool. And unfortunately, we are not able to have Casper the Wicked, aka Pat, join us today. So what's going to happen is we're going to have Pat's character, the Goliath Rogue. Sam Laundren, he is going to basically go missing for this episode, and we will find a way for him to return. Unfortunately, he was not able to make the session, so that is why Pat is not here, but he will be back. Don't worry. Our lovable giant Goliath rogue will return, whether we see him or not, which I think we will see him coming back, because, I mean, how 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 hard is it to not see that guy? <laughs> exactly. I think he, didn't he, like, fail half of his stealth checks last he time. was pretty abysmal at hiding uh, <laughs> until the very end where he was accepted where it counted he was able to hide it was yeah pretty much up until the combat started he failed everything <laughs> he did do pretty good towards the end though if i remember he jumped down a tree and jumped onto somebody yes, yes. i mean that's kind of scary having a giant ass goliath charging at you from above a tree in the honest, middle of the night, he was in though. Didn't look like it would support a Goliath. We just got to be honest. Yes, yeah, something's. There's a lie in there somewhere. We just haven't figured it out yet. I, uh, there's a lie, but it makes sense. He is a rogue. I'm gonna go on the assumption that this in- the enemy saw him, but was intimidated by the fact that there was a big guy standing on a little tree. That <laughs> it wasn't wasn't worth it. Yeah. All right. Well, if you all remember the last time, our party, they have gotten together to do an escort mission to escort an NPC by the name of Eska, who comes from the eastern lands of Ashai. And she is obviously trying to get to the Azurian Brotherhood stronghold, which is located all the way to the west of the continent in an area known as the Decaying Waste, which I know I briefly went over the Decaying Waste in the last episode, as well as the main episodes of Taverns and Caverns not too long ago. But her mission is to get to the Azurian Stronghold, and our players were hired 
by an individual by the name of Garrison Malboron, and he has offered our individuals 10,000 gold each to get her there safely. Now, if we remember, we're traveling from the elven nation of Estelduin, which is all the way to the southeast side of Tirister. And they're going to be traveling west through the Darkfen Marshes, through a nation known as the Zogun, into the Decaying Waste. So it's not an easy travel, especially being on foot, with there being airships in the land of Tirister, especially in Londe, in Dorwin, even in Estelduin. The Darkfen Marshes, at the moment, is not an area that most people would like to use airships above due to some of the dangerous territories in the Darkfen Marshes. But we started our mission in an elven town known as Isalari, and our characters are going through currently the Shalune Woodlands. Once they get past Shalune Woodlands, they'll be entering the border of Darkfin Marshes, which, if I remember correctly, you are all going to try and hit up the first town in the Darkfin Marshes while staying along the border to avoid going too deep into the marshes. But there is an orcish town known as Ogrog that's near the Shalune Woodlands that the party would like to stop at to get supplies, which is kind of like the first pit stop you guys would be making while traversing the Darkfin Marshes into the nation of Zogun. But last time we left off with the party being attacked by some adventurers and a hunter by the name of Rashi and that individual known as Rashi transformed into what looked like a half dragon from what the party could tell based off physical appearances alone. And Rashi gave our party quite a bit of a fight. It was a close one, if I remember correctly. You almost killed my wolf. <laughs> yes. Luna almost, <laughs> Luna almost bit the dust. But our party was able to defeat Rashi, the tracker of death. However, his death dog was able to escape. So let's not forget that. So we're going to go ahead and start this episode. Everyone is finally able to get this long rest. So everyone has four HP. And we're going to start it fairly early morning. And after setting up camp, y'all, like I said, y'all were able to rest, eat your food, do whatever, unless some of you wanted to stay up because you're on edge of what happened last night. Um, but I will say we'll start today's session with everyone waking up in the morning. It's fairly early. It's probably about, I'd say, 530 in the morning. Eska is br up bright and early. She's actually up before anyone else in the party. But we'll go and start from there. Um, as Eska is sitting there, she looks like she's sharpening her katana with a whetstone. She's sitting on a log, sharpening this katana, waiting for the rest of you to wake up. So we can go ahead and get started here. What are you all doing? Eckhart's uh, probably going to be pretty early to rise, only for the fact that um, he's more used to the whole feeling like he needs to be prepared uh, element from war. So Eckhart's going to kind of come out probably shortly after Eska. Mm, it's always good to be prepared. Uh, these old bones, they might need a little bit of caffeine to get rolling. Let's stoke this fire. And he kind of gets around the, the fireplace at that point, and you see he's kind of producing a little bit of heat uh, using some flint and tinder and then uh, maybe a little bit of a word of radiance to help uh, kind of bringing this up to a boil pretty quick and he's making a pot of coffee all right gotcha eska gives eckard kind of a look and she just nods 
She doesn't say all that much, though. She seems to be fairly focused on sharpening her katana with this whetstone. A little bit, a little bit. Actually, go ahead and make go ahead and make a perception roll for me, Eckert, since you're the first one to speak. All right, we've got an eleven. Okay, either I was going to say either a perception or what I was thinking insight, because you're te- technically you're kind of looking at Esk at this at this moment. So let's insight's going to be a lot better. Okay, let's go with the insight. So you have a nineteen on your insight. So as you're speaking with Eska uh, momentarily before you start brewing up this coffee. You can tell that she's a bit on edge as she's sharpening this katana. She, I mean, she gives you a nod and she doesn't ignore you by any means, but you can tell she has this serious expression on her face and she's fairly tense. If you look at her body, she's tense and as if she's like ready for an attack at any moment. To kind of give you this, this idea of what one of your party members is feeling as you have woken up. Well, Eska, uh, it was an interesting day yesterday, to say the least. Glad you're all right, and, well, you know what? You look quite wide-eyed and bushy-tailed already. You probably don't need any of this old man juice. <laughs> ah, he's poured himself a cup. But if you do decide to try some, you're welcome to, and I don't have any cream or sugar, but, well... I like my coffee strong and not diluted. <laughs> Eska looks over at Eckert and she just shakes her head for a moment. No, I think I will pass on this coffee that you speak of. I prefer a cup of tea, which I've already had. So thank you anyways. But I hope you are prepared for more individuals such as the one we encountered last night. That is the kind of power that is after me. So I hope that has not deterred you from your mission. Not at all. I am still guided by each step. So we will make sure as we move forward that we do so safely to the best of our ability and with the wind to our back. All right. And as you're doing that, Kai, I noticed you have rolled a 22 on a perception. What are you doing as, as this conversation is happening and Eckerd's making this coffee? Just looking around the area. Okay. So you've, you've, you've gotten up uh, and kind of scouting around? Pretty much. Okay. All right. Gotcha. So with a perception of 22, as you're looking around the area, you notice, you know, you still see the camp that the adventurers that attacked you all. Kai, as you're walking around, I mean, you see the camp that's still there. It's empty other than the uh, where the adventurers were. Oops. Uh, there's still some of the, I'm pretty sure, did you all end up killing some of those adventurers? I don't remember. I think you did. I think we killed pretty much all of them. Okay. No, no. We. I think we knocked one out. I think you're right. I think you're right. Okay. So... I'll go ahead and say this. You you notice that they, their camp is still there untouched. And if one of them was knocked out, they're still tied up, lying there. Um, but you don't notice any danger, per se, in the area, Kai. So nothing that triggers any alarms for you. It, it's a peaceful morning. You do begin to hear some of the birds around the forest begin to chirp and sing and do their thing. It's a peaceful morning for the most part, other than, you know, waking up to possibly Yalar with blood on his shell. But, you know, you don't see much else. Yalar, what are you doing at this time? Um, Yalar is going to be the last 
to wake up. Um, comes out of his shell, stretching. <sighs> oh boy, that was a great night's rest, don't you think? <laughs> what do you say, Bog? Did you sleep well? Bog is silent, at least to everyone's ears. He kind of looks around, sees uh, Eska, and he approaches her. I'm going to ask her a question. All right. And really quick, before you ask that question, yep. I meant to say this, Kai. With your perception, you also notice the Goliath is nowhere in sight. Keep, so keep that in mind. Sam Laundren is nowhere in your sight. All right, you are. Sorry. Okay. No, you're fine. Uh, ask him. May I ask you a personal question? She looks up at Yilar. Depends on how personal. What is it? I was wondering if you ever been a teacher of sorts? I just saw that. What was it? I don't really know the spell. The lightning that came out of your hands. I uh, tried to do that a long time ago, but never really got that down. So I was wondering if uh, you could teach me. See, my benefactor doesn't really teach me things. He just gave me the power and just... I don't know, disappeared, but yes. I was wondering if you could really teach me. Just feel inspired when I see magic like that. She looks at Yalar and she holds a hand out as electricity begins to form in it. And as she does so, she shoots a bolt of lightning up into the air. Not enough to do any harm to anyone, but just a small bit. And she quickly closes her fist as the lightning vanishes. Oh, you're speaking of, of my witch bolt. This spell is called witch bolt. However, I've never truthfully have been an instructor of sorts. I guess you can say I have experience in teaching others. However, I do not think I can teach you, Yalar. I am what they call a sorcerer, of a shy. I am not one that just learns magic whenever I want. It is something that I was born with. I can't necessarily explain how I do it. I just know. Unless I mean, you have the capabilities of a sorcerer here, I don't know of many sorcerers here on Tirister, but I'm sure there are many. You have to be born with, with the gift of a sorcerer to do what I do. Ah, I see. But understandable. Just, I don't know. Maybe you could try? I mean, willing to give back the money if you were just... Uh... Just try to teach me. Eska looks around. Well, tell you what. If you get me to the Azurian stronghold, I can attempt to teach you what I know. But I promise you it's most likely not going to work. If you're not a sorcerer with the blood running through you, it just doesn't happen like that. You might have better luck speaking to a wizard. Someone that actually studies Arcana and can learn it through spell books and whatnot. But I will promise to try and teach you if we get to Azur safe and sound. How does that sound, Yalar? Definitely like the sound of that. You are so kind. All people. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> You're fine. All people from a shy like you? She stops to think for a moment. And she looks at Yalar. No, there are way worse people than me, Yalar. Ashai is a 
continent full of war. Nothing like tears. Here in this land, it is peaceful. Now, I know the nations here may have their differences, but they all seem to coincide with one another. For the most part, from what I've seen, Ashai is nothing like here. There are many kind people in Ashai, many, many, but there are very many that are like the ones we fought last night. So keep that in mind as you continue this journey with me. That was just a taste of the power from Ashai. Oh, well, duly noted. And I thank you. Thank you again. Truly an angel. And uh, with that, he kind of just kind of quietly walks off and kind of look for a meal somewhere since he's just kind of hungry. Okay, so just so you all know, at this point in time, everyone has awakened and everyone at this point definitely notices that Sam Laundren is nowhere in sight, just so you know. Eska continues to sharpen her katana and eventually she finishes and she begins to sheath it. And after you're all able to get some food in you, she's going to look up at everyone. So is everyone prepared to continue? Yeah, Yep. pretty much ready to go. All right. Eckert? Seems like the... Goliath has made some tracks. Not quite sure where he's gotten off to, but um, well, at least he finally was able to sneak away at one point during this excursion. Eska looks up at Eckhart. Ah, yes. It didn't cross my mind. Forgive me. Late last night, I requested that Sam continue the journey forth to scout the area ahead of us on the direction we're going. You all had mentioned that we'll be leaving these woodlands and entering a dark fin marshes from what I remember. So I wanted him to scout ahead after last night's issue that we had. I want to make sure that there aren't any other obstacles that might be in our way, if you understand what I mean. He seemed to be the one that would want to do such a task. So he's technically still with us, but not. He'll be returning fairly soon. I told him to meet us at the borders of the Dogfin Marshes. I'll never get how a Goliath sneaks around in such a way, but that is helpful to know. We're very close to the border between the countries at this point, and probably only a a little bit further to get to Augreg. So uh, it's probably best to have a bit of a scout. Uh, hopefully he doesn't run into any more of those dragon-faced fellows. And those dragon-faced fellows are exactly why I sent him. We don't want to run into any more if, if we can help it. He seemed to be the one that'd be best at, you know, scouting the areas and reporting back to us. So hopefully he can do his job and hopefully he can earn the gold that has been offered to him with his skills. However, keep in mind that Rashi from last night, that was a mere foot soldier from the nation of Koldar and Ashai. These foot soldiers alone are dangerous. Imagine if they were to send a captain or someone of higher rank in their military. So keep your your ears and eyes open because this trip is not gonna be easy. Well, that's why I have coffee, Eska. It's gonna help me to keep all of those open. Hopefully that's the only thing that stays open. (laughs) Ah. At this point, he just kind of starts pouring a couple of extra cups. Uh, <laughs> here you go, Kai. Uh, Yilar, um, do, you. do you do you like brew? Uh, some coffee? Or brew, you say? Uh, oh. Yes, only the finest brew. 
I do not recall ever drinking such a brew, as you say. Uh, but I would definitely like to try some if you would like. Oh, it would be my pleasure. Also, you know, making sure you're wide awake. You were quite hard to wake up the other day. <laughs> and he just kind of starts pouring him a little bit of a bigger cup. Uh, he, he's using more, he's using a flagon for him instead of like just a regular like coffee sized cup. Whole pitcher, bro. I have it. <laughs> <laughs> Drink up there, my turtle friend. Um, sadly, mm. Bog probably won't like this. Mm. Um, Bog doesn't really partake uh, in such consumptions of the flesh. The, uh, he is a rock. I mean, he is a bog. I can understand. He kind of just squints at him when he says that. <laughs> please, please, don't do that to bog. But he uh, takes the, uh, what, what did you call that, a, a flogger? Flogging. Flogging. Uh, flog uh, yeah, basically, think of it. It's like a pint-sized cup of coffee. Okay. Okay. Um, takes it. Takes a big gulp. Ooh, that is quite warm. He does drink it. Kind of notice his eyes kind of widen a bit, enjoying it. Ooh, this is a uh, brew, you say? It's, it's called definitely. coffee. Coffee. Oh, coffee. I definitely need more of this coffee in my life. <laughs> this is, uh, I don't know the words I want to say about this, but it is quite refreshing and uh, enlightening. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say refreshing and enlightening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, his pupils are getting. He, li he, he lives by himself mostly. He doesn't know how to use words. Bro, his his eyes are getting big like a dog when they see the treats. You just see the <laughs> pure happiness. I'll thank a cat when they go in dumbass mode. There you go. <laughs> Eska, she grabs her belongings and she's gonna stand up and she's gonna look down. We'll just say that you did you didn't kill all of the adventure. We'll just say that there was one that's. I, I can't. I really can't remember. So we're just gonna. Oh, I, 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 one of them, the one that I took down, I made sure he wasn't killed, and then I, okay. I roped him up, and then I have him tied to the posts in the back of what was their uh, okay. canvas back tent. Okay, cool. So Eska looks over at that adventurer that's now just slowly waking up, kind of out of it, and Eska just glances at the adventurer. Then she looks at the three of you. What do you say about that one there? You sure you don't want to kill him, Eckerd? No, no. L leave him be. I've put a note on his chest talking about what he's done, and I've left my sigil on it. So you needn't worry about him. He's not hurting anyone. And, well, I've got him tied up quite well. He won't be going anywhere. Mm. I will say that is a rare thing to do. That is a, I am not used to taking or leaving prisoners lying there when they can oh, yeah. speak of what we have done. This is rare for me to see. But uh, this is not my land, so I will not question what you do here. Uh, well, you're, you're kind, and I appreciate you recognizing courtesy when it's being shown. Um, it's, if there's one thing I've learned in my many years is that it pays to be kind from time to time. So 
while he was probably trying to earn some coin, hopefully he'll use this as a good point of reference to be reformed. Mm. I see. Unfortunately, being kind from time to time is not a luxury we have in a shy. Mm. Well, sadly, no matter where you go, there's always going to be those who wish to sow sorrow. Indeed. All right, then. Let us continue. And with that, she grabs her bag and she's going to continue walking down the main path. I remember you guys were following the main path for the most part. That seems to be the safest route through the Shalune Woodlands, especially with Eckerd being originally from the um, Azurian Brotherhood, working with them, going back and forth between the Darkfin Marshes and Zogun. Um, for the most part, all of your characters understand that following the main road in the Shalune Woodlands is most likely the safest route because many of the Estelduin elven soldiers they they do a lot of patrolling on the main roads so people tend to stick to the main roads knowing that the guards and the soldiers of Estelduin at least in the Shalune Woodlands they patrol it keep it safe for uh, for travelers and merchants a lot of merchants will travel from the Darkfin Marshes into Estelduin. There is a trade city in the Darkfin Marshes that is a neutral city. It's known as Zugra, and many people actually live there and do a lot of trading there, but it is definitely in the middle of the Darkfin Marshes, and the Darkfin Marshes obviously has many warring tribes of orcs, goblins, and whatnot, and other races. So uh, your characters definitely know to, to stay on the main road if possible. Unless you have to veer off, <laughs> it is the safest bet for the most part. So as the party continues down the main road, you continue walking through the Shalune Woodlands. And it, we'll go ahead and say it, after a couple of hours, everyone go ahead and make me a perception check, please. All right. Eckerd with an 11. Uh, you have Yalar with a 19 and Kai with a 9. So... Kai will go ahead and say, with a nine, it, that's under average. You don't necessarily hear this off in the distance nor see it. You're fairly worried, I would say, or you're focused on what's ahead of you, trying to make sure that nothing comes at you from the front. However, Yalar and Eckerd, in the distance behind you, Yalar, you being behind everyone, you definitely hear it. And you, as you look over your shoulder, you can see this coming as well. On the main road, Yalar and Eckerd, you hear people on horseback charging down the main road and you also hear clanging of armor on top of the horseback but Eckerd and Yalar as you look back over your shoulders you notice there is a small group of elven soldiers decked out in armor on top of horses riding towards the party and Yalar and Eckerd you also notice that there's a sigil or an emblem on them they represent the Estelle Duin the nation of Estelle Duin. So for the most part that you're, that doesn't really throw off any particular red flags. Generally the soldiers from Estelle Duin are, you know, they're, they're neutral on travelers and things. They're, they're not there to pick on any adventurers or travelers or anything like that, but they are charging towards the group. They're just, they're still fairly far away, but you don't know why they're charging. Hmm. They're like moving they, at a pretty decent clip. Yeah, right they now. seem to be in a, a, a haste. They're in a rush, a hurry. Hmm. wonder Not where the fire is. <laughs> oh, fuck. 
What'd you say? <laughs> Wonder where the finds. <laughs> God damn it. I don't think armed soldiers would be heading towards a fire. <laughs> I, mean, mean, I mean that metaphorically. I mean, just wonder I, why they're in such a rush. I, I'm we, picking uh, up what you're putting down there, Turtle. Should we move out of the way and see if they go past? Uh, Eska looks back over her shoulder and she notices it as well. She steps to the side. Well, yeah, let us step out of the way. They seem to be in a hurry. I don't think they could be after us, but if they are, be prepared. I will fight soldiers from the nation of Estelle Duin if I must. And I hope you're all ready to do the same. Um, at that point, uh, Eckhart's going to kind of stick his halberd out and kind of put a little bit of a, a spacing between where they're moving and in front of everybody, especially Eska, and just go, mm, I don't think that will be necessary. The soldiers here are, are good. They're likely moving to an event of some type. We, we, we do not have to worry. Um, I, in this case, I am sure we will be fine. Okay. And as you say that, all of you notice she... I won't make you make a perception because you're all like standing right next to each other. As, as you say this, you notice that she's on edge. She, she grabs the handle of her, her katana or the hilt or whatever you whatever you call it. And she has it. She has it not unsheathed it. But she has her hand ready to unsheath her blade if need be. But as the soldiers get closer, you begin to see there are about six of them charging and they all have fairly decent medium sized armor on them. They're all elves. And as they charge closer and closer, you notice that they look at the group momentarily and as most of them do, five of them, I'm sorry, four of them continue rushing forward past the party. However, two of them slowly stop. And one of them, one of the two looks down at the adventurers. Hail, adventurers. Have you seen any weird, shady individuals down the main path recently? Have there, have there been any battles or any death? Um, Eckhart will look uh, at everybody in the group for a moment and then go, mm, well, uh, I'd be more than happy to take the lead on this, everyone, as I do uh, represent uh, one of the parishes inside of Estelle Duin. Again, yes, there have been some movement. Um, if you go roughly, uh, I'd say maybe just a few hours back, about the same direction as we're facing, you'll be able to find an encampment with someone we uh, roped and tied. They were posing as members of the Adventurers Guild, but in reality, they were uh, being employed by someone for nefarious reasons. We have since dealt with them, though. You'll see my notation and my signet uh, on the written word there. You see the soldier looks looking down at Eckhart, looks over at the other soldier, and they both give each other a nod. And the one that asked the question quickly turns back around and charges back down to where they came to try and look for this location. The remaining soldier, though, is looking down at, at the party, and he just kind of raises an eyebrow. Interesting. You say a shady individual hired them? 
Mm. Uh, yes, I, I say a shady individual, but to be more direct, um, it was uh, some kind of, I think the thing that makes me remiss about it is they were similar to a dragonborn, but much more draconic. Um, I think you'll notice when you uh, take a look at the remnants of the battle, they were even carrying some very uh, odd items and, and, and things that didn't look like any national uh, representation from anywhere here on Tyrister. So I would encourage you to definitely look into that. The elf just nods and he takes notes of this. He pulls out a small little notebook. Interesting. And did you do, you said you did battle with this, in, this individual, correct? Yes, it, we did dispatch him. Um, uh, again, his, uh, without too much of a gory details, he was a quite powerful being. Um, you'll notice that uh, we actually were able to prepare somewhat. Uh, be wary, there may still be some ball bearings about the forest floor. No need to hurt yourselves or your horses. Um, but we were able to hold our own and stave him off. The soldier just nods. Very well, very well. Thank you for this information, travelers. We really appreciate it. Be wary on the main roads. We have a little outpost that seemed to have been attacked by unidentifiable individuals. We don't know much other than our men were attacked and they have sent a, they have sent a scout asking or requesting for aid. So be careful on the main roads. These are troubling times. And with that, the, the soldier he puts his notebook away and he rushes back to where they came to where the other one went off to go looking for the camp that you all were just at. The other four are long gone, though. They're continuing down the path. Looks like they're following the main path towards the Darkfin Marshes. You're not sure exactly where this outpost is that they're talking about. But um, after the last soldier finally heads out, uh, the party is left there at peace. And it kind of gives you all a, a questionable feeling of what potentially these individuals could have been that attacked the Estelle Duin soldiers. Now, Eckerd and Kai and Yalar, you, you all have been in the Darkfin Marshes. So it's not very, it's not uncommon for Estelle Duin soldiers to get into combat with random barbarians and rogues and thieves smugglers and things like that along the along the Esteldoween and Darkfin marshes. But for the soldiers to say unidentified individuals, it does you do question it slightly after last night's fiasco. Eska though, she's going to step back onto the main road and she just looks at the three of you. I guarantee you it's probably more of Koldarian soldiers. Hmm. Believable. Well, at least we know where they've been doing some of their targeted attacks. Luckily, we have a ranger's eyes ahead of us, and hopefully our Goliath friend is helping to scout the way as we speak. She looks over at Kai. Kai, if you do not mind... If you'd like to take the head and continue forward, you seem to be the best one here with, with your eyes to make sure that these quote-unquote unidentifiable 
individuals do not attempt to surprise us by any means. Hopefully Sam Laundrin returns soon and gives us some detail of what he has found, but I am more expecting to see him along the borders before anything else. And she's going to just continue walking down the path. And I know Eckert is used to work for the Azurian Brotherhood, correct? That was his past. He, he was part of the Azurian Brotherhood at one point. Yes, Eckert was a member of the Azurian Brotherhood. Okay, just wanted to make sure I had that right. So as, as you're all walking, Eska, she just continues to walk and she just has a straight face on her. You know, it's, it's the walk. She's not very, I'd say, talkative in terms of like passing time. She's pretty quiet for the most part. But I'll go ahead and say that after 30 or so minutes leaving that conversation with the soldier as you're all walking along the main roads, she randomly speaks up. Eckerd, you had mentioned you are part of this Azurian Brotherhood. Is that correct? Yes, in the past. Uh, I was a member. Uh, granted my ability to join uh, by some of the northern nations. But yes, I, I did fight alongside them there in the wastes. And she looks over at Yalar and, and, and Kai as well. She's going to ask the two of you. And how about the both of you? Were you or are you part of the Azurian Brotherhood? I'm not. No, just a retired soldier, you could say. And she looks at Yalar and yourself, Yalar. Yalar is twitching and oh, God, the, the coffee is really starting to starting to really cough in. <laughs> uh, what would what, what, you say? Oh, no, I uh, kind of just live all by my lonesome. And it just kind of still a little twitchy, still a little bit. Might, might want to lower the dosage of the coffee for him next time. You know, uh, I guess I didn't think that deep into it, to be honest with you. Um, you know, Penella leads me to provide healing where is necessary. Some people just get a little bit too much of the good stuff. <laughs> this is great stuff. Put some pep in your step there, you lar. <laughs> That's the fastest turtle I've seen in days. <laughs> Tell me, do they have a tail? Misconception. Do they have uh, turtles being slow? Hmm. You know, it is it is a misconception. However, we do have a story in a shy that a turtle defeated a hare in a race because the hare wanted to goof around too much. Is that a story here in Tirisir as well? I don't think I've ever heard it. You know, you learn something new every day. <laughs> Turtles outrunning hares. <laughs> Eska then looks at Eckerd while I mean, while you're all walking, she goes very well. If, if you were originally from the Azurian brother, tell me the Azurian brother. I have heard stories in Ashai that the Azurian Brotherhood stands rightfully against all evils that would potentially harm the world that we live in. Is this true? How, how true is it that the Azurian Brotherhood stand before all evils and keep all things, even from the outer realms, things that are not of this plane? Is it true that they fight such things? They absolutely do. Um, Eska, I think it's important that you know the Asia stronghold uh, has held for many years against much of the evil that lies in the further south of the decaying wastes. 
uh, in a joint maneuver alongside of the Ashalon Citadel, we made it a point to protect ourselves, as well as to learn a lot of the habits and approaches of not only the demons and devils, but also of many of the unspeakable horrors. The Asia Brotherhood know the way to handle otherworldly threats better than pretty much anywhere else, in my opinion, in Reverie. She, she gives a nod. This is interesting. There is no such thing as the Azurian Brotherhood in Ashai, from what I know. I wish to know more about this Azurian Brotherhood because you say they defend the land of Tyrister from demons, devils, and outer-worldly monsters. This decaying waste that we're going to, I don't know much of. I have heard through time that it used to be a thriving nation at one point in time. But why is it that the Azurian stronghold is only one stronghold? Is there not more all around tierist? Uh, what a great question. So take it from me. I'm a retired member of the Brotherhood. Um, it is a job that does not have a long shelf life, even for some of the longer living members and races that make up Tyrister. It is a joint group representative of all the nations of Tyrister. The Asia Brotherhood has made it a point to consistently waylay and, and hold back some of the hordes that would seek to move deeper into the nation. This makes for short military careers, either on a stretcher or never leaving in the first place. So, And this Azurian Brotherhood, they, they are not governed by any one nation. They are a combination or a neutral party. Is that correct? You would be correct. There are representations of all the countries. It makes them very unique. It's... To some of the nations, it's considered the highest honor. To other nations, well, it's an easy way to get rid of some of the lower class, sadly. She, she nods for a moment. Interesting, interesting. So it would seem that the Azurian Brotherhood are destined to fight the evils of, of all of Reverie when, when possible. However, interesting. She, she looks at the party. The decaying wastes here, you say demons and devils, are they, are they like soldiers of, of possibly gods here? I don't know much about the gods here on Tears or what, what kind of evil gods you may have. Is, is that even a thing here? Ah, there are. This might even be information for everyone here, to be honest with you. As a part of the joint approach, we work alongside of the Defender's Keep and the Ashalon Citadel. They've made it a point to set up base because there have been things that have made approaches, for lack of a better term, uh, from the decaying waste much further south into areas that have largely been undiscovered. But from what we've been able to see, um, there have been some forces that seem to be much more militaristic that have attempted to come through. Others have not been. Others have just been horrors that you wish that you could close your eyes and wake up from. What I will tell you, uh, in my experience, is 
the amount of interaction varies. And as for what that is sparking their ability to move towards the boundary lines of the decaying waste to the other nations is largely unknown. But it is something where all nations, again, have made it a point to station themselves, place armistices for any type of issues they may have for border disputes, and realize that this is potentially the biggest threat to the nation. She nods after listening, and she her ears somewhat perk slightly, even though she's a she's a human. She has normal human ears, you know, but they perk slightly at the term when you say militaristic approaches she seems to catch on to that and she she looks at Eckert militaristic approaches that is good to know this sounds like a very dangerous place we're going but it must be something we have to get to and she's going to she's going to pause for a moment and then she's going to say after pausing there is something that really must reach the Azurian Brotherhood's word Eckerd and Yalar, or Kai, even Sam. I, will, I have offered it to Sam as well. He knows. I spoke with him last night. But I want to speak with the three of you. If I do not make it to the decaying waste, to this Azurian Brotherhood, there is something that must make it there. If I am to fall during this travel, I have given your, whatever you would call him, your your boss or the person that hired, the man that hired you, Garrison, I have promised I would give an additional amount of gold if I am to fall in combat. And this extra gold would go to you all if you are continue to give a message to the Azurian Brotherhood. And she, she slowly pulls out of her bag this tied up scroll and it's, it looks of old parchment paper, but it, it is tied and looks like to have a, it has a seal on it. And she holds it up. This document here, this parchment, holds a letter, a message that must reach the Azurian Brotherhood. If I am to fall, promise me you will have more gold in it to deliver this letter to the Azurian Brotherhood. Un- understood. Um, happy to help. But our goal is to keep you living. So um, There is always do- a goal, but there are always things that don't go our way. We have to prepare for every possible situation. So Kai and Yalar, do I have your promise as well? You will gain more gold, but if I fall, you will all work together to deliver this message. Promise to do my best. She looks over. Give it a old college try. (laughs) She just nods for a moment, and then she puts the scroll back into her bag. I mean this in utmost urgency. This is something that must reach the ears and the eyes of the Azurian Brotherhood. I have mentioned, I have not seen any such faction in the Shy, and I believe this would be information that they would love to know. I'll tell you this, and I'm only telling you this because for now we are partners and we have to watch each other's backs on this journey. But where I come from, I come from a nation known as Aloria. I do not come from Koldar. But the nation of Aloria was once a thriving, beautiful country, but it was devastated once it was attacked by bordering nation of Koldar. You have what you call gods and goddesses here on Tearshire, from what I understand. I don't know much about your gods, 
I do know much about dragons per se, but back in Ashai, what we call, I guess what you would call God, we have the Omni Kami, the great animal spirits that protect the lands of Ashai. They are what keep nature and balance all in check. Koldar, though, is led by an emperor, one that calls himself Emperor Baal. Now, I don't know what kind of magic, what kind of technology you may have here in Tiristan. But what we fought last night, as I mentioned, was a mere foot soldier. The nation of Koldar, they have found ways through dark magic to infuse the powers and abilities of demons, monsters, whatever you want to call it, into their soldiers to give them incredible strength, incredible speed, powers that normally only creatures would have and not a mere mortal. What you saw last night was a half-dragon. Yes, Koldar has found ways to fuse soldiers with the blood of dragons. It's not the perfect fuse. However, it is powerful enough, as you noticed, last night's mere foot soldier was enough to make us all sweat, to make us all bleed. That is the kind of war I speak of when I'm talking about Ashai. Koldar is a nation that is bent on conquering all of Ashai. Emperor Baal is one that sees nothing but conquering and owning everything that he sees before him. This is something I do not understand, never will, but I don't know if his eyes are going to be set on any other lands once he controls all of Ashai. So this is something I think Tirister should be made aware of. However, what I bring to the Azurian brother, I think will be of interest. Mixing the blood of monsters and demons with with normal mortals is not something that should be, that's dark magic. It should never be allowed. And she's going to look. The Omnikami, they're like your gods, the great spirits. We have plenty of them alongside of our forces. The Omnikami see what Koldar is doing and they have deemed it abysmal, forbidden. There are rumors that one of the Omnikami, Tioga, the great turtle spirit, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, here in Tirister, there are rare creatures in the oceans known as dragon turtles very giant turtles in the waters is that what uh, they're called here i've heard legends of dragon turtles but i've never seen one it's it's mythology but there's potential uh, we do live in quite the fantastical world well let me be the first to tell you Eckerd, that the dragon turtles do exist and i see rodimus made a history check or are you trying to see if you understand or know of dragon yeah, turtles? Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. He doesn't. <laughs> oh, okay. So with a seven, you, you've heard stories, but you don't know anything about the truth behind dragon turtles. Um, especially, uh, being most of your life has been in the Darkfin Marshes, you have never come across one or never really thought about one by any means. And Kai, if you want to make a history check as well, you're, that's up to you. If you're really even, you know, wanting to take part in this conversation. But, oh, Kai got a seven as well. So, Kai, you've never seen or really cared too much on Makes a dragon sense. turtle. <laughs> Makes sense. I grew up in the woods. There you go. <laughs> so, she looks at the rest of you. Yes, let me be the first to tell you all. That it does. They do exist. Dragon turtles are a thing. Now, they're very rare indeed. And all of them are to be cherished. They're all part of the balance in this world of reverie. But back home in Ashai, there is one known as Tioga, the great turtle spirit. It is rumored that this Omnikami, Tioga, has gone missing for many 
many years now, and they are saying that even Koldar has found ways to infuse their soldiers with the Omnikami themselves. And that is something that is not to be taken lightly with. So I don't know how your gods work here. The Omnikami back home are equivalent, I guess, to your gods. Imagine mortals finding ways to infuse the power of gods in mere foot soldiers. Can you imagine that kind of power, especially when it's used by one such as Emperor Ball that only sees to conquer everything in his path? Can you imagine the destruction that he has that he has already caused in the continent of Ashat? Right, I see Eckert has made a 25 on an insight check. What are you trying to do with that? Um, so it's kind of a, a several pronged approach with this one. So the, the first element of this is he's trying to make sure uh, what he's picking up from Eska is 100% legitimate because it's this is a serious threat and he wants to make sure that this isn't, you know, masked in any type of like secrecy that, you know, is she really pouring out her heart kind of point and, and, and making clear her estimate. And then the second element of this insight is um, him kind of trying to draw the conclusion of that kind of literally capturing a god and using its its essence to empower mortals is it's a challenge for him to be able to intake that just based off of you know his own personal belief in Penella. So. Right, right. So with a twenty five insight check, you, you were able to basically you know being much older, having a lot of war experience with with prisoners and just people in general. With an inside of 25, you can see the look on her face. It's a very serious look. She, Eska isn't normally the kind to show like much expression in the way she speaks based off her past, but you get this, you get the slight change in her tone that she normally hasn't spoken with, at least in the past day or so of you traveling with her. So you do pick up on a slightly more serious tone behind her voice. You have a general feeling that she's, for the most part, not joking about the type of power or the type of war that's going on back home. Now, in terms of a god actually being taken, she did mention it was a rumor, but it seems that she believes this rumor from what you can tell. You don't get, you don't necessarily get any vibes of her lying or even escalating or I guess over-exaggerating, she seems to believe it from what you can see in her expression and her tone of voice. Then at that point, Eckert is going to kind of move from maybe his warmer kind of looks that he has to a much more serious. Then we're going to the right place. We need to make quick speed on our journey. Let's stop so better. And we she, need to keep our heads low and we need to use tree cover. And she at looks this, at you. You you now understand the urgency of this of this quest. This this letter or myself has, we have to reach the Azurian brother. This is why I mentioned this travel would be dangerous. I'm only telling you some of the details now. I'm not telling you everything, but these minor details, these small details that I'm telling you now, you've seen it already. We fought a half dragon last night our quest here our adventure is going to get far more dangerous if we allow them to 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 reach us even more than we did before 
This is not going to be easy. This is why I'm telling you now, because I know you're not forced to be here. You're doing it for the money. So I'm giving you another option, Yalar and Kai. There's going to be a lot more challenging events ahead of us. I can foresee it. So if you want to, if you wish to leave now in safety of your own lives, I will not blame you. But I am not going to travel with, with people here that don't have a decision amongst themselves. I want you all to make this decision on your, you know, on your own. Do you understand me? Uh, Yilar is going to speak up. Oh, I understand quite well. I actually kind of lied and said it was about the money. Just thought that, you know, that was the right thing to say. But Bog kind of led me here. Just told me, go ahead and take it. You'll think, think it'll be the right thing to do. So I'm here to stay. She looks at Bog and then she looks up at Yalar. Well, it seems like Bog is on the right side of this potential war. It's good, good to have you here, Bog and Yalar. And she looks over at Kai. And how about yourself, Kai? You seem to be a, a younger soldier that uh, you, you have a lot of life and years ahead of you. Are you sure you wish to partake this, this messy adventure? Yeah, I chose what I chose. That's how it is. Eckhart is going to kind of peer over to uh, to Kai. <laughs> Younger, huh? <laughs> you can never tell with elves. <laughs> Young for elf, I guess. <laughs> yeah, old ass man. <laughs> <laughs> I am only 128. Thank you very much. More than twice my age. <laughs> All right, so uh, after she kind of explains this seriousness of what's going on in the lands of her, her continent of Ashai, uh, Eckhart, you definitely being with the Azurian brother at some point in time, you, you definitely, this would definitely be something like you said that would catch her attention and make you want to get to the Azurian brotherhood fairly quickly. And for the most part, I mean, if you all want to make history checks on, I, I believe you guys did before, on anything of a shy, most of you probably wouldn't even know who Emperor Ball is or much of the information that goes on in a shy. It is a it is another continent that's pretty far off that many people don't travel to here in Tierster. But if you want to make history checks to see if you even understand anything she's saying, by all means you can. Oh no, I definitely do. Elar wouldn't know. Okay. All right. So Eckerd, you you rolling a history check with an 18. So with an 18, I'll say you have to have a really high history to even know much of what's going on in the mm-hmm. shy. But with an 18, which makes sense with an 18, you being part of the Azurian brother, I would say that because of your past and your history with the Brotherhood, you have heard, you know, some stories of a shy. You do know that a shy is a continent filled with war. The nation of Koldar does ring a bell in your head. The, the title Koldar does ring a bell. The name Emperor Ball, it doesn't mean all that much to you, but you have heard of that name at some some time in your life. You don't know much about the emperor or what he is or what he does, but for the most part, your general knowledge of a shy that is, it's basically always been at war for many, many years with Koldar being technically, quote unquote, I guess you'd want to say the antagonists of the uh, of the continent all the other nations have kind of 
brought themselves into like a, a unified alliance to try and fight back this Kolthar. But it's been a constant war. And you, you, you have heard of the Omnikami. They are basically like the gods of Ashad to, to, what you, to what your understanding is. You don't know much else other than that, though. Hmm. Well, what little I know of Ashai, I can simply say this. Um, it doesn't sound like things are going overly well there. So I'm glad you were able to bring this to our knowledge, and hopefully we can be of assistance. She nods. Well, if I have all of your words that you would deliver this letter if I am to fall, then I can at least continue this, this quest with a bit more ease within myself now you're all soldiers in some way shape or form kai you said you used to be a soldier that's correct yeah i used to be a soldier as well and she she looks down at her hands and she just holds them up while she's walking i was a soldier for the nation of Koldar at one point you may question my methods i am not evil if that is what you're wondering i will kill without second thought but that's because that is how I was raised in Ashai. If you were to live in Ashai, depending on what country and where you lived, it hardened you. The prisoner that we left back there, you tied up, Eckert. That would have been a person that would have been dead after you knocked him out. He would have been dead during the battle. Prisoners is not something that's very common in Ashai. Yes, I've, I have killed very many. My methods can be seen as vile, but you have to do what you have to do to live. Yes, I was a soldier of Koldar, so what I'm telling you, I know a little bit of their secrets, but not, I guess, all of it, which is probably why they're attempting to stop me from getting to the Azurian Brotherhood. I'm telling you this because you have to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. So, I am not an enemy here. I am just attempting to warn the people here of Tirish of what might potentially come of this great continent if the emperor gets bored with the rest of the nations in Ashai and wants to reach out further. So now that you know more about me, let's continue onward. And she just begins to walk a little bit faster, wanting to get to Ogrog, the town that you're, you're making your way. But with that, I kind of wanted to give the party a little bit more of a history behind why Eska is here. Now, many of you do know that, you know, she, for those that remember in the main storyline, for those that know Yaito, she did poison the people in Yaito's village. So, I mean, your characters don't know that, <laughs> but oh she, 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 she's done some shady ass shit, but she's doing things now a little differently, but I just want to give you a little bit more history on why she's here and a little bit more of her character. But she's not going to tell you too much more about her her past other than she used to be a soldier for Koldar. So we'll leave that at that. So as you continue traveling, unless anyone else wants to bring up anything else, we'll I'll go ahead and continue the next phase of, of this session. Eckhart is just, he has a different appreciation for the importance of this now. Okay. All right. So... As the party continues forward, I want to go ahead and reveal a portion of a map, a new map. I'm going to reveal it up above. One second. Go ahead and there move the characters up. Many more hours come or go by. And as we said, you're very close to the edge of the Shaloni Woodlands. Normally, 
we could spend sessions upon sessions in the Shalune woodlands, but for side story purposes, we're going to speed things up a bit as far as the traveling goes. This, this side story is meant to possibly take the span of many weeks to a couple of months, basically, to kind of give you an idea of like how far you're traveling. It's, it's not a quick trip from Estelle Duin all the way to the decaying waste, but you eventually get to the edge of the Shalune woodlands. You see the forest coverage begins to dwindle down slightly, and eventually you reach the edge. And as you reach the edge, the territory or the terrain, I should say, not the territory, the terrain before you instantly begins to change into swampy like grass and you begin to see swampy water and whatnot you at this point know that you're reaching into the dark fin marshes now but as you begin to enter the dark fin marshes there's still very many trees it's still marshland but it's a lot more wet and swampy obviously but go ahead and make everyone go ahead and make perception checks as you begin to leave the shalune woodlands we have Kai with a seven, Eckerd with a 17. The guy who's supposed to have the ranger eyes. I, I've got to <laughs> stop giving, I got to stop giving you credit for being the ranger. <laughs> <laughs> and Yalar that last and... battle, I got something in my eyes, man. <laughs> so now that you have entered the Darkfin Marshes with the perceptions you have, Kai, you still don't see all much. I'm going to say with a seven, you do see what's close to you. But the other two see more in the distance. Eckerd, you're going to be the only one that sees the furthest because you have a 17. Don't, don't sugarcoat it. Kai didn't see nothing. He's blind. <laughs> you, you go, you're going to see something, but you ain't going to see everything. So as you guys enter the swamp land territory, there is a bridge in the off in the distance following the main path. You have to cross the bridge. There is a swampy like river that's basically blocking your path other than that bridge. Eckerd, in the distance, you see, as, as, as well as Yalar, you see there are several bodies scattered along the ground before you. And both of you know the bodies that you see scattered all around all seem to have been dispatched and killed at one point from what it looks like. They're all in armor. They're all Estelle Duin elven soldiers. There are no horses in sight. It's just the soldiers lying on the ground. You see some blood scattered along the dead bodies. Kai with a seven. You don't you don't necessarily spot that right away, but you do almost trip on the arm of a dead soldier that's kind of buried under some some bushes. Nice. So I'm gonna go ahead and reveal this map real quick. Kai, you don't see up ahead. Yalar, you notice all the bodies kind of there, but Eckerd is the only one that notices what I'm about to describe here in a moment. And for sake of simplicity, Eckerd will make it clear to everybody as well. So do you see that map? Yes. All right. So Eckerd, you automatically notice there are two individuals standing in front of this bridge. They're both wearing cloaks over their shoulders and they both have hoods just like Rashi, the tracker of death from the prior battle. They're both standing there before all these dead bodies. They they seem they just to be guarding this bridge, just standing there waiting for something. But Eckerd, you also notice Sam Londren, the Goliath, is also lying on the ground. You don't know if he's dead or unconscious, but there is blood all over this this field of soldiers. 
So at this point, I'm assuming Eckerd's definitely going to say something. Yeah. So Eckerd's going to kind of crest the bit of a, it looks like almost like a cliffside that maybe we're on right now. Yes. Um, So he's trying to kind of use his advantage. He, he kind of puts his hand out to everybody. He draws his halberd and he's got it low to the ground. He's kind of inching forward. Just kind of imagine almost like a slight army crawl um, where he's kind of pulling himself forward so he can peek over the edge. And he's just kind of, he's going to intentionally try to whisper to everybody. There's two heavily armored individuals up ahead. I see Sam's out there. He's unconscious. Hopefully he's not dead, but all of these Estelduin elven forces, they've been massacred. These two barely look like they've got a bit of dirt on them. We're moving into an area. I think they, they realized our approach and decided to cut us off at the at the head. If we're going to take advantage of this, I suggest we prepare here very briefly and use this advantage. When we do, I'm going to move and hold ground between them and Sam and put him inside of a sanctuary. That way we can have him fully protected for the time being. I'm open to ideas though, team. So with Eckerd relaying this information, both Kai, Yalar, and even Luna are now definitely aware of the situation at hand. So Let's go ahead and roll some uh, initiative. But before you roll, before you roll, let me let me pull up the turn order. Hey, cool. So Kai with a twenty-one, Yalar with a twelve, Eskel with a six, Eckerd with a four, and we're gonna go ahead and say uh, Kai. Remember, Luna just goes on your turn, and um, so don't forget about Luna. We'll just say Luna's goes right after you, and let me make some rolls. They don't know you're there just yet, but I'm gonna go ahead and make some rolls real quick for the enemies. They got a thirteen. So they're basically second. So Kai and Yalar, what, what are you both doing after Eckerd has explained the situation to you? What Are you both preparing yourselves in, a, in some way, shape, or form? What are you doing? I'm going to have Kai move down what side would that be? Left side of the cliff and like position himself somewhere like right there. Luna is going to basically stick with Eckhart. So Kai is kind of like slowly going along the edge of this cliff that you're kind of standing on slightly. Are you trying to be silent about it or are you just, you just moving over there? I'd say go ahead and make a stealth if you're going to try yeah. and be silent. If you want to be silent, you don't have to. Well, I mean, yeah, might as well try to stay stealthy. And, uh, Ooh, oh, yes. good. Ooh, I am hella good. <laughs> nice. A 24, a natural 20. All right. You see Kai, he just does some flips and backflips, and he's just like, yeah, I'm stealthy, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> All kinda, right. I just kind of disappear and reappear. <laughs> um, Yalar, what are you doing at this point in time? Are you going to position yourself in any way, or are you going to pull out Bog? What are you doing? Going to kind of stay where he's at Okay. for, for now. He's going to look around. He's going to say something. Yeah. All these bodies around here is just messing up my homeland. Just literate. Just damn shame. And basically, he's just going to stay with the, the group right now. All right, That's good. the only thing he took out of it. Eska, she draws her katana, and she she's holding it with one hand. And you can see that her other hand begins to crackle slightly. And you get a sense of arcana begins to form in one of her hands. And she just narrows her eyes, and she stares directly at the path. And she notices the two individuals standing there that Eckerd pointed out. She quickly recognizes the two as Koldarian soldiers as well. And she, she looks at the rest of you. There's no doubt about it. Those are both Koldarian soldiers, just like Rashi, the tracker of death. I'm assuming that Rashi's death dog informed them of our, our path 
that we were taking. Don't take them lightly, as you can see they have dispatched all of these soldiers as well as Sam. I pray that Sam is safe, but we won't know until we get closer. There's no way they're going to allow us to pass. We're going to have to fight this. Is it possible? I did roll pretty well on my perception. Is it possible I could do a medicine check from here to kind of see if I see any like shallow breathing or anything yeah, from go, Sam? Go ahead and make a medicine check. 15. All right, 15. So you're not very, you're not too far off, but you did get a really good perception. So as you're lo looking over at Sam, you can see Sam does have some odd injuries on him. He has a few cuts. He's bleeding out. But you also notice something with your medicine check. You notice that Sam's hands up to his elbows have been petrified. And you can see the petrification is slowly moving up his arms, but a very slow pace. But you do notice that he is has his eyes closed. He's slightly looking towards the party with how he's laying. But his chest, with a 15, it's very tiny. But you do notice some breathing in him. Eckhart is uh, just going to kind of remark out to Eska and Yalar. Then it seems like these two are prepared to be able to do battle with us. So if we're going to prepare ourselves as well, well... We need to have a game plan. Kai's got a good height advantage. I don't think anybody could have picked up. He moves as silent as the wind. Perhaps maybe we could make a, a wedge formation to where if we use our, our speed, we might be able to close in on Sam quickly. I, might, I can get him in a sanctuary. And before we move in, I can put a bless on us. Call on Penella to grant us safety. Eska just nods. Sounds like a good idea to me. And remember, gentlemen, they're here to kill. I advise that you fight, prepared to fight for your lives, kill oh. if necessary. Uh, I should have cast it in snaring strike. Oh, I mean, you still can. You have the you have the drop. They don't know you're there just yet. Yeah, we're in a good position right now. Yes. You do have top priority. So any drawing of attention up to you will probably help us to yes. just close our distance that much easier. And the remember so everyone has made their initiative roll so everyone we go kai it's 21 the enemies have a 13 yalar's 12 eska's a six eckard's a four however these two currently don't know that you're there so you have one round that you all get to act before they get to act does that make sense <laughs> kai you are up first you said you're going to cast ensnaring strike on yourself yes okay you cast ensnaring strike so what happens is basically if you attack something, it will have to make a strength saving throw or be restrained by basically magical vines. So you're, you're basically attacking with an arrow or a blade or whatever weapon you use. Um, and vines will come out and restrain them if they fail their strength saving throw. So Kai, you're kind of hidden up on the cliff. You cast this ensnaring strike on yourself. What are you doing now? Are you going to aim and attack right away? Or are you going to hold? What are you doing? I think... I will fire at, uh, see if I can hit this guy. Vizier, all right. So both of these individuals, they're just standing right next to each other, looking around and go ahead. You're going to shoot for the guy on your left. Nice. nice. 23 will hit. And because the 23 hits, go ahead and click on the text longbow under the 23 and it'll roll the damage for you. Nice. Nice. So you're able to pierce this individual for nine points of damage. Now they have to make a strength saving throw. So as Kai shoots his arrow from his bow, 
for nine damage. You see your arrow pierces the man on the left. And as it pierces him, he kind of moves to the side, holding onto his arm where the arrow pierced him. And as the arrow pierces him, these magical vines spring forth from the arrow and they begin to wrap around this individual. And as they begin to do so, reaches all around him to try and rip off these magical vines. I rolled pretty shitty. I got a three. Hey. Oh, you see these vines, they quickly burst all around this individual. And basically he is now technically restrained. So basically he's going to have to take 1d6 piercing damage at the start of each of his turn. And he becomes restrained. So basically a creature restrained by the vines or one that can touch the creature can use its action to make a strength check to try and free it. On a success, the target is free. So he's going to basically have to attempt to free himself before he can attack you guys or do anything like that. So nice. Good. That was a good first move, Kai. Do you have Luna do anything at this point? Or do you make any movements? Are you going to stay where you're at? I have Luna sticking with Eckhart. So I guess if he moves, she'll follow for her action. Okay. No, that's that's perfectly fine. That That's an order you can give it. So that works. All right. So Yalar, you would be next because you have the first round. Even though enemies have a 13, they don't go to the next round. Okay. Um, uh, I guess I would ask Eckhart if I should chat or not. Kind of looking at him for advice of what I should do for now. Uh, so he's uh, looking to me for advice? Yeah. Uh, should I uh, attack or should I? I don't know what to do. Well, here's what I'll tell you. I think we have the advantage right now. Obviously, this is all occurring during the same time that Kai would be pulling his yes. bowstring. Correct. Um, he'll just say to Yalar, mm, what I can do is I'll make the beeline down to where Sam is. Luna looks like it will. Uh, she'll be sticking close to me, so I can transpose myself between them and Sam. If you want to release your volley, as long as I am, and I'm just going to draw, I'm, I'm drawing my... 30 feet expectation Mm -hmm. as long uh, what he's saying is as long as you're within my cascade of radiance for the bless you should be fine and you are you can also hold on your turn to wait for Eckerd to do something too you don't have to go right away yeah you got it um for now i might end up moving maybe about here and i'll hold okay go ahead and move so yalar moves forward after yalar would be eska so Eska is going to make a movement. She has her katana drawn and she's going to rush forward and she quickly holds out her hand. With her hand, she begins to summon magic and she instantly is going to shoot out her one of her stronger spells. She has no time to play around and she is going to cast Scorching Ray. Oh, She rolls a 14 and she's aiming at the guy on the right. Basically, that is not constrained. The Scorching Ray, there's three. So I have to roll two more times, 26 and a 16. Okay, so 14, 26, 16. She shoots out three scorching rays that fling towards the man on the right. First scorching ray, as you see this fiery bolt or this fiery ray charge forth towards the man on the right, the man on the right quickly, after he notices that his friend has been magically constrained, he randomly just shoots out this bolt of lightning from his mouth. As that bolt of lightning hits the first ray, 
the ray disperses, but the other two rays are able to hit this individual to do damage. So nine for the first, seven. So 16 total damage on the man on the right. You see two of these rays hit this man. And as it does, the robes burn off. And you can see that he has this, this armor that looks exactly like Rashi's from the previous battle. And he got he just growls out in anger, looking up at Eska and the party. And as he does so, he goes, you, we've been waiting. There is no escaping this time. All right. So that's Eska's turn. Eckerd, you can now do something. Okay. So Eckerd at this point just goes, Yalar, it's about to be your time. Um, he's going to move to here. He uh, So the only thing that he will saving that Luna's moving with him, Kai, is probably have her only for the fact that then she's kind of in a guard position around Sam. Eckert, at this point, he's he sweeps his halberd out in front of him and the sigil of Penella that resides on it begins to glow. He is going to do bless. So he is going to affect every three people within 30 feet of him. So he's affecting Yalar, Eska, and Kai. So you three are going to have the benefits of bless, which is this. So whenever you make an attack roll or a saving throw before the spell ends, which it's going to, as long as I maintain my concentration, it'll, it'll last for 10 total rounds. You can roll an additional D4 and add that number to your attack roll or saving throw roll. So I have that for those three. And then Eckhart is also going to use his bonus action to cast sanctuary, which he can do it within 30 feet but he's applying Sanctuary to Sam. So I'm going to ward him within range uh, against attack. Until the spell ends, any creature who targets this warded creature with an attack or a harmful spell must make a wisdom saving throw. My wisdom saving throw for it is going to be a DC 14. On a failed save, that creature has to choose someone different. The spell doesn't protect the warded creature against area of effect. So if they do fireball or they have breath weapons, I mean, I can't do anything against that. But that's what he is going to do at that point. And then he just kind of narrows his vision. Giran is the, the one that was hit with the flames first, holds his halberd out and he goes, well, it looks like you and I and the rest of us have met at an impasse. So it seems that we have more Koldarans that need to be called. All and right. with that, that'll be his turn. All right, cool. So I have placed little blue circles on Eska, Kai, and Yalar. That's to remind you guys that you have Bless. So don't forget you have Bless if you want to use it. You don't have to use it right away. But that's what the blue circle means. So as you do so, the the individual that was shot by the Scorching Ray looks up at Eckerd. Seems like the bitch got some support. That is not Willow. We will leave no survivors. Prepare to die an honorable death. (laughs) That then, Yalar, if you want to take an action now, this would be the time to do it before the next round. I will cast Witch Bolt at second level. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Who are you attacking with that? I was going to attack the one. So So the one that's constricted right now his, his name is bazir and the one that's talking shit right now is giron giron okay he's going to attempt to fire a witch bolt do not call my teacher a bitch <laughs> <laughs> you shall pay 
and he tries to attempt to fire a witch bolt. So with your witch bolt, you have a seven. As you do so, the electricity from your witch bolt charges forth towards Giran. You notice this is the one that shot out lightning from its mouth. He quickly turns and looks at Yalar, and as he does so, he opens his mouth, and as the lightning strikes his face, it seems as if he eats the lightning. He begins to chew it. <laughs> lightning, huh? You chose the wrong element. I breathe and eat lightning. And as he looks at Yalar, you all do notice that after his robes were burnt off from the scorching ray, he does have armor, but parts of his face and even parts of his arms, you do see some of his, what would be his skin, is scaly. He looks just like Rashi. He has this half-dragon look to him. His face does look like a dragon's face. It, however, it looks a little bit more unnatural. He doesn't look like a particularly like anything like a dragonborn, or even if he was a dragon, he doesn't have a full dragon's face. It just looks unnatural, mixed of a half-dragon and a mortal human very botched look to it somewhat nightmarish from the way it looks or he looks but you're not able to hurt him with the witch bolt kai however it is now your turn again you notice what's going on down in the battlefield it's your go gonna get some uh some longbow action again Oof. Oof. Okay. don't forget to roll a d4 i mean i doubt it's gonna matter but <laughs> but who are you attacking first off uh, nobody at this point. The reason I'm asking who you're attacking right now is important because if you attack Giran or Bazaar, there's going to be a difference. I'll just tell you right now because you're a new, you're a new player. Bazir is technically restrained. Any attacks made on a restrained creature has advantage. So that would give you a nine instead of a six plus the four might do something, but that's better than a four plus the six. <laughs> if that makes any anyway. sense. Uh, yeah, my, my choice was going to be Bazir since I hit him once already, but okay. All right. So we'll say you have the advantage. You got a nine. So plus your four. So that would be a 13 total. As you shoot off your bow, you see Bazir is at this point becoming frustrated with the magical vines. And as he's attempting to try and break out, you notice two arms burst from his back, scaly with claws. And one of the arms that bursts from his back grabs onto the arrow that you shoot and snaps it. You were very close to hitting him with the bless and an advantage. What you're saying is we're fighting an anime protagonist. <laughs> but you're not able to hit him with a nine and the four, unfortunately. However, Luna can still do something if you want her, or you can still make a movement or a bonus action if you want. Yeah, Luna's going to actually move. Now, Luna's going to watch Eckhart again and she'll choose to move to be uh, within five feet of him after he moves. After Kai, it is now their turn. They have turned now in this round. Giron, he quickly unsheathes his blade and he just grins as he slowly begins to walk towards Eckerd. And Eckerd, you just see this botched, half-dragging looking creature. He's medium-sized, but he stands fairly tall. He's about, I'd say, 6'5 at this point. And he's slowly walking towards you, Eckerd, and he has this grin on his face. He's going to put him right next to you, Eckerd. And he has, he has his sword. He goes, let's see what the mortals of Tyrister can withstand, shall we? <laughs> He's ready to kill you, Eckerd. And he is swinging his longsword at oh. you. Uh, Eckerd right. right now does have a 20 armor class. Okay. I got a 20. So that will hit. Eckerd, you will be taking... That's not a right die. 
one D eight. And so that's going to be Eckerd five points of damage. Okay. He's going to swing again because he has two attacks. Okay. I rolled an 18 plus whatever his strength is. That's definitely going to hit. So you will take an additional uh, six points of damage. <clears throat> you get sliced twice by this half, this boshed half dragon. He just grins. How's the blade of a Koldarian feel? It feels dull, like your wit. We'll see about that after my next attack. And at this point, Bazir, he's still trying to get out. So I'm going to make him make a strength check. He has two additional scaly-like arms burst out of his back. He now has four arms. He's attempting to free himself from this these magical vines. And I rolled high enough to be able to break out. You see both of the extra arms that he grew, the two hands grab onto the magical vines and he's able to pull the vines off of him. And with four arms, he just roars out in anger. And as he does so, the hood flaps off of his head. And he too has the scaly like look to him. However, he does not have a botched or dragon like face. You notice everyone make me a history check really quick. Also, uh, I would like to ask is should he take the, the damage of the piercing first or does he break out without taking the damage? Oh, wait, he, d- he does take the damage. You are right. So go ahead and roll that damage. Okay. It's at the start of his turn. Yeah. One damage. Perfect. Take that. <laughs> All right. So he takes that damage while he's breaking out. No, thank you for reminding me. I appreciate it. I'm God. <laughs> <laughs> so Kai, all right Eckerd, you rolled a natural 20 on your history kai 17 and yalara 13 i'm gonna go ahead and say that you all know the look that's going on this guy's face bazir unlike giran he still has the scaly lizard like look to him but his eyes are shining brightly with a blue and as he does so he just grins and you all feeling his face looks like that with the multiple arms Looks like a basilisk. Eckerd, with a natural 20 on your history hey. and you seeing Sam's arms slowly being petrified, you instantly get a feeling that that is because of Bazir. And you've like, he's got some sort of basilisk blood or something in him. After seeing Giran looking like a dragon with lightning, Rashi with the fire, you're getting a sense that Bazir has the ability to petrify. Um, Eckert will not be quiet about that. He will... Avert your eyes from the one that just broke free. He'll petrify you where you stand. That was his action, though, to burst out of the vine. So he just looks up. His eyes are now glowing brightly blue. He just, ah, I will turn you all to stone and feast upon your stony flesh when I am through with you. All right, Yalar. That cannot be good for his teeth. <laughs> it is now your turn, Yolar. I am going to go with Eldritch Blast to to Bazaar because of that warning. They're not going to petrify me, fool. <laughs> so he will attack with Eldritch Blast. Oof, a ten. Yeah. Shoot your Eldritch. Got coffee. Blast. He had her. <laughs> um, I gave you the shakes. I'm sorry. I forget about the bless. Oh, oh, the bless too. Yeah, D4. forgot about that. You want to add the bless roll D four. Yeah, you get it for free. Might as well. Even with the bless of two, unfortunately, you're unable to hit him with the Eldritch Blast. As you shoot your Eldritch Blast towards Bazir, you notice his four arms. He quickly draws basically four blades, and he cuts with all four blades into the Eldritch Blast, cutting it apart before it can hit him. And he looks over towards Yalar. I'm gonna have turtle soup tonight, made of stone. (laughs) All right, Yalar. Imagine that having much flavor. No. 
Ilar, you can still make a movement if you want. Actually, he's mad now, so he's actually going to move a little bit closer. Occupy the same space. What was my movement speed? I believe it's 30. 30. Yeah, I'm going to move right there. Oh, man, the balls. Yeah. Oh, he did call his teacher. He's mad, especially after he said he's going to have turtle soup. (laughs) I guess no, that was after that. He's going to look at him and tell him, come and get it, big boy. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So it is now Eska's turn. Eska wants to try and focus fire some of her magic towards Giron since she hit him twice already. And she is going to cast another spell, but she's going to stay where she's at. And I'm going to go ahead and roll to see if she can attack him. Another Scorching Ray. Oh, yeah. The first one hits. The second one hits. Yeah. The the third one hits. So she just goes all out with three rays. So she does a total of, let's see here. Oof, 28. Wow, yeah, yeah. 28 damage. She just yells out as three Scorching Rays shoot out of her hand, bursting into Garan. And Eckerd, you just see that Giron kind of gets pushed back slightly by the damage that he takes. It hurts a lot. And he just backs away. Ah! I'll have your head on a pike. At that point, Eckerd is now your turn. And Eska's not going to make a move. She's going to stay where she's at. Eckerd is going to five-foot step. He's still within range because he has a reach weapon to Garan. So he's taking a five-foot step. Uh, with that five-foot step, he is going to use a bonus action. He's going to use Spare the Dying on Sam. So it'll stabilize him. I'm sorry. He is going to use... No, no, he's not going to do that. I apologize. He's not doing that. I'm sorry. I thought it was a bonus action. It's a full action. Okay. He's he's actually just going to take a five-foot step, actually staying within the five-foot range. And with that, he takes his halberd and he stamps it into the ground and he puts his hand on the sigil behind it as it's facing towards Giran. All right. Eating lightning. Well, that's fine. Let's see how you deal with radiance i'm going to use guiding bolt on him i got a nat 20 so that crits and then at that point you see eckert kind of reaches into the sigil and he turns it slightly i'm using the fighter ability of action surge and i'm now going to use another action to fire another guiding bolt nice nice oh and that'll hit as well all right 24 yeah so the crit hit is going to deal nine plus 11 radiant 20 points of radiant damage. And then the second one will deal 12 damn. more. God damn. Boom. 20 plus 12, 32 points of damage. You just quickly see your radiant bolt burst into Giron's armor, and it many of the scales on his body begin to melt away as he drops to both of his knees. Ah! It burns! What are you? And as he drops to both of his knees, he holds his hand onto his sword, his sword holding him up. He is very hurt, basically, on death's door. I am but a humble servant. You will do no more harm here this day. Uh, He has to stand his ground. He's not going to allow him to make any attack against Sam, and he's definitely going to continue to impose himself between him, Luna, and Eska. All right, is Luna gonna do anything at this point in time because it's gonna be your, your turn now kai basically yeah uh i think i'll have luna actually move okay so luna rushes forth towards the side of eckard and giron is luna gonna make an attack or she's going to bite all right 17 will hit so go ahead and hit attack under bite and that will roll your damage let's go nice all right <laughs> so as giron is attacked by radiant damage he drops his niece's scales are melting and as he's attempting to fight for his life, he just looks up at Eckert. 
you won't get away with this. And as he says so, Luna comes charging forth from the side, jumping at him on top of Giron and begins to bite into his neck. And, and Luna is able to basically rip out portions of his neck and Giron begins to gurgle up some blood as he does, for cold eye. And he is now dead. Hey! Hey! <laughs> nice. So I'll move him out the way. Very nice. Very nice. Well, Kai, uh, you still have an action, Kai. Yeah. Now Kai is actually going to not hit shit. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> Kai's just going to stay in there. All right, Kai, you rolled an eight on your bow. You go to shoot. And as yeah. Bazir is walking towards uh, Yalar, one of his forearms just cuts down the arrow. Um, he's not too worried about it. You, although you're missing your attacks, you did a really good thing in snaring one of the enemies right off the bat. Yeah. So, I'm happy that worked out. Yeah, that did work. That's, that's where all my attack luck went for Kai. Kai is just now he's just he's a glorified <laughs> cheerleader in the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. All right. So it is now uh, Bazir's turn. Bazir looking at Yalar, he just licks his lips and he has this look of this basilisk. And Yalar, when you start your turn, when you start your next turn, you're going to have to make me a save. However, he rushes towards Yalar with all four blades and he steps forward. Time to die, turtle. And all four of his arms reach up and he's, he makes like a cross attack with his upper two arms to try and cut into Yalar. So I'm going to make two attacks here. Yalar, what's your AC, buddy? AC is a 13, but I was going to use shield. Is that a reaction? Yeah, it's a reaction. Okay, so what's that do? It's uh, an invisible barrier of magical force appears to protect you until to the start of your next turn. You have a plus five to my AC. Okay, nice. So you have 18 18 AC. So as the first attack comes in, the first sword comes slashing down, you're able to block it. However, the second one does hit you, and it's going to be dealing... Let me roll the damage. Oof. It's going to deal six points of damage to you, and as he draws both of the upper arms back, he brings his third arm out of the forward. He cuts again at you, and that is going to be a 19. So that will hit you for another... Uh, well, that'll be five points of damage. So not too bad, not too bad. Yeah, not bad. All right. So Yalar, he looks at you. And Bazir just laughs. <laughs> You'll be dead soon. Yalar, it is now your turn. And because you just got attacked by him, I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. Oh, boy. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. So you wrote a four. And as Yalar, as you take these hits, you, you're forced to kind of look up to try and avoid any more. But as you do, you get this glare from Bazir's eyes and you just feel your body begin to grow heavier and your legs, starting with your feet, slowly begins to turn to stone and it's slowly making its way up your body. It is now your turn. You're not completely turning to stone yet, but it's beginning to happen. I am going to draw out my shadow blade and I am going to... Attack. All right, so uh, you weave together threads of shadow to create a sort of solidified gloom in your hand. Okay, so uh, it counts as a simple melee weapon attack. 
All right. So go ahead and make a, a melee weapon attack with your blade. Okay. I'll just use the same as my uh, quarter staff. That's fine. All right. You got a 13. So as you try and attack with your shadow blade, the four-armed vizier, he takes one of his or two of his swords. He quickly blocks it. <laughs> Not skilled enough. Roll your d4. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget about bless. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Nice. Yes. He wrote, he wrote a four. So as he blocks your attack and he just laughs at you, you get like this gleam in your eye as you feel this power from outside gives you enough strength to kind of swing again, kind of, and you're able to basically faint your attack. And you mm. are able to hit him. So go ahead and roll your damage with your shadow blade. Yes. Alrighty. Deals 2d8 psychic damage. Yep. Seven points of damage. So as you hit with your shadow blade, you do the psychic damage. He grunts out. And then, pain. and then with my bonus action, I am going to deal. Well, your your shadow blade was a bonus action. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's yeah, right. And then I'm you sorry. and then you attacked with your action. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. You're good. You're my good. Bad. You're good. All right. So with that, do you try to move away, or are you gonna stand your ground? I'm standing my ground. All right. Cool. At this point, Eska notices that Yolar. His legs are slowly beginning to turn to stone, and she is going to cast another spell. And at the enemy, she's going to catch cast a witch bolt for twenty. So that's how you. That's how you hit people with witch bolt. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why he needs a teacher. Yeah, you're doing it right. You, you picked a good person. Eyes hey. just kind of crouched, pulling his uh, finger around in the dirt. <laughs> that's just how you hit people. <laughs> So you see Eska, she quickly holds a hand out and shoots a lightning bolt towards uh, Bazir for seven points of damage. And she maintains her concentration to keep that lightning on Bazir. And as that's going on, he's yelling out in pain, Eckert, you now have an opportunity to do something. But you do understand that he does have something as of a, of a basilisk. So that, that, that gaze is dangerous. So he's just moving up five feet because that keeps him within. No, he's not. Eckert is a soldier. Eckert is actually going to flank him. Okay. So now that Eckert has him flanked, he is going to try to move behind him. He's intentionally, because he was the one who noticed that he had the vision. He moves in behind him and he kind of sets the halberd into the side of his heel and he goes to shift his foot forward to shove it with all of his force into him. Okay. Uh, so he is going to roll a halberd strike all right with advantage because you're you flanked him so it's yep so that's gonna be a 23 and the damage he will deal i wasted my crit damn it <laughs> hey can we take that one instead <laughs> all right <laughs> and i'll deal him five slashing damage okay and he is flanked at this point all right he takes the five damage you're able to cut into his scaly body but it's he's still standing he just he winces <sighs> You're a real soldier, aren't you? Flanking. He's kind of looking as uh, looking kind of away from wherever this guy kind of creeps along. Some things you never quite forget. So with that, Kai, it is now your turn again. Una is also going to come down here. She's going to bite. All right, for seven, unfortunately, uh, it, it will be seventeen because pack tactics. Ah, there you yep. go. There you go. Nice. The seventeen will hit. So go ahead and make your damage. Yes. For 10 points of damage. Nice. Luna charges forth and bites onto Bazir's leg and he just grunts. Damn wolf. I hate wolves. 
I'll be cooking you for dinner tonight as well. All right, so he takes that 11 damage. That does a lot of damage, actually. I think he has to make a DC throw. Yep, DC oh, 11 yep. strength saver. Knocked, he gets knocked yeah. prone. That's all right. I, I rolled a two. So he falls to his side prone. <laughs> <laughs> now Kai can do something. <laughs> yeah, okay. Kai's got to shoot his longbow again. Hoping for something. Oof. <laughs> you know what? Kai's done being a ranger. <laughs> He's going <laughs> to change classes. All right, Kai rolls a nine and is unable to hit. Let's just say as you are aiming for his head, Luna is able to knock him down. And as he gets knocked down, you, you, miss, your, you miss your attack. <laughs> Do you stay where you're at, though? Do I have to make any type of rolls if I just want to come down here? No, you can you can move down. Oh, all right. You know what? He can't hit shit from far away. He's uh, he's just going to move down there. Okay. Right on top of that guy's body. All right. I will just, I'll move that guy so we can see you. All right. It is now his turn. He just roars out in anger. And then as he looks up, he's going to directly look at Luna. Luna needs to make me a constitution saving throw. Oof. Yeah. All right. Luna's legs begin to slowly turn into stone. Luna is unaware of the abilities of a basilisk or uh, at the end of Luna's next turn, she will have to make another con save just like Yalar. But as he's lying there, he just, he, he knows he's surrounded. He's not going to try and get up because he is a soldier. He has the advantage on the ground still because he knows he has multiple arms. He takes all four of his arms. He begins to swing wildly all around. Yalar, he's going to swing at you with one of his blades. Okay. As soon as he makes that attack, I use my sentinel feature. When a creature within five feet of you makes an attack against a target other than me, you can use your reaction to make a melee weapon attack. So I'm going to attack him while he's on the ground. Okay. Advantage. So I did hit a 17. Nice. Nice. I'll hit. And he will be dealt 12 slashing damage. Okay. So as he begins to swing wildly, you're able to pierce him or slash at him with 12 damage. That does a lot of damage. Basically, as he's swinging around, you take your halberd slashing down into his fourth arm you're able to just cut his fourth arm off as it flies off he loses one of his blades and just yells out in pain and being that that was an opportunity attack he is not able to stand up because i make his movement speed at zero okay nice nice is that part of sentinel yep that's part of sentinel it's the beginning of it when you hit a creature with an opportunity attack the creature's speed becomes zero for the rest of the turn all right so He's just going to continue swinging wildly then. The the first hit, though, he's attempting to hit Yalar. And Yalar, I got a 15. That hits you, right? Or, you know, you have an 18. Or is that shield temporarily? That was only for one round. Okay. Yeah, that was for one round. Okay, so 15 will hit you then. Uh, no, uh, no I'm sorry. he would still have it. because No, my, my armor class yet. seven. I'm sorry, it's 17 is my armor class. I'm, I apologize. Lord. Not 13. That's a big difference. Oh, that is a big difference. <laughs> He's a turtle. I forgot. He has a shell. It helps him. All right. So the 15 misses you, but he does have three attacks. So the second blade comes rushing around. The third one's going to go for Eckhart. The second attack is going to be... No, it's a 22. Nope, that'll hit. So Yalar... I don't know what I was looking at. You'll take nine points of damage, Yalar. And then his third attack swings for Eckhart. Eckhart, I rolled... A 17. Oh, that'll miss. Okay. So he's not able to hit you. All right. That's his turn. He's just yelling on pain after losing one of his four arms and he just swing wildly. So he hit me for nine, right? He hit Yalar and me once. 
he hit Yalar. He did not hit you. Oh, okay, cool. All right. I, I added the HP back. I'm sorry. I got yeah, confused. My bad. He, he attempted to attack Yalar twice. The first one missed. The second one hit Yalar. The third attack missed you. Gotcha. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Yep. Yalar, it is now your turn. At the end of your turn, you're going to have to make another constitution saving throw. Oof. Go ahead and go ahead and do what you're going to do first because it's at the end of your turn. You have to do add that D4, man. Don't forget to add the D4. Yeah, I'll add the D4 for that. Ooh. Okay. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll describe what happens if anything happens. But okay. that's after you make your turn. So that's at the end of okay. your turn. So, so if you I'm, want to attack or do anything. Yeah, I want to attack okay. with the uh, Shadow Blade again. Okay. So go and attack with an advantage because he is Ooh. prone. 21 will hit. So with and, Shadow Blade, uh, you're attempting to do some more psychic damage. All right. Six psychic damage. And then also I was going to use Wrathful Smythe as a bonus action. Next time you hit your attack with a melee weapon, your attacks during this spell duration, attack deals an extra 1d6 of psychic damage. And additionally, if the target, it must make a wisdom saving throw. If it fails, it become, becomes frightened. I made a 17. 13. Yeah, so he, he's not frightened, but you do do the additional six points of damage. Okay. Ooh. All right. Additional one damage. Okay. All right, cool. So you're able to cut into him with your psychic or your shadow blade dealing seven total points of psychic damage. His body begins to ring slightly and, and quiver. He's not dead, but he's he's hurting bad. But Yalar, when you rolled your constitution of 11, you feel the, and you rolled a bless of one, you feel the stone slowly coming up towards you, your, your chest, and the petrification gets up to your neck. That bless of one saves you. You're able to stop the petrification and it just dies out and you're able to free yourself from being fully petrified. Do you make any movements or you stay in your ground there? I'm still surrounded. I'm going to stay right where I am. All right. And it's now Eska's turn. She is going to actually, she's actually going to come around charging. She knows it's going to be difficult to hit him with any range spells with him being on the ground and everyone surrounding him, but she's going to rush forward and she's going to attack, cut down with her katana and she's able to get a 19, which will uh, actually, that will hit. So let's go ahead and do her damage. 10 points of damage. So when she pulls her katana out and she cuts into, everyone make me a perception check. Not seeing much. All right. So neither Eckerd or Kai noticed this, but Yalar does not notice this either. But basically as she cuts down into Bazir, she takes her katana and she just basically cuts off all three of his arms that are remaining. And as she does so, she takes the blade and cuts down into his neck. But as it does so, you don't notice this. Her katana does glow slightly and it does an additional force damage that basically just bursts into his body, dispersing his neck and his head. And his head just goes lopping off in the distance because of the force. As she cuts his head off, Bazir's body, his arms are all cut off, wreathes there in pain and shakes a bit rolling around and eventually his body just lies there completely dead and uh, eska's breathing heavily as she does so she quickly sheathes the katana and she looks at the remaining party members or the three of you <sighs> is everyone good uh, I, i'm all right but uh, yalar come here L- let me take a look at you uh, yalar should probably get looked at yeah I head over um, with that, he's going to uh, place his hands on the back of Yalar's shell, and he's going to use his channeled divinity to preserve life. He's going to heal him, and I'm going to heal you hit points equal to five times my cleric level. So I heal you for 10 points plus plus two. So 12 hit points. Oh, thank you. 
not a kind. It was uh, a little painful there. Just glad you you made it. You were hitting him hard. <laughs> now I'm going to look over to Aska. This is why I need a teacher. Benefactor doesn't teach me things. She looks at Yalar and she just nods. Well, you are able to channel the power of a of a witch bolt. It's just your aim is a little off. I thought you couldn't cast it at all. But the fact that you can cast it means there is room for growth. I will try and help you with your aim. And she looks around and she looks over at Sam and she's going to walk towards Sam and she looks at Eckert. How is, how is Sam doing? Is he alive? He'll use spare the dying on him at this point to really secure that he's okay. And then he'll make a medicine check. Spare the dying does automatically stabilize a living creature that I touch. And then once he's stabilized him, he's really just doing the medicine check at this point to make sure, honestly, probably around the effect of the turning to stone, the petrification, to see if it's if it's stopped, if it's receding. Okay. So as you go and cast Spare the Dying, you're able to basically bring him back from being unconscious. He's he's stable. He doesn't his bleeding has stopped. The petrification, as you see, that we're on his arms moving up towards the elbows it had continued during the fight his arms are now basically all petrified turned to stone but as you look down with your medicine check you're able to see that the petrification begins to wear off now that bazir has been killed gotcha well i i think we we're luckily past the hardest part at this point um it looks like the petrification was tied at least to bazir before he met his end Esco just looks at Eckerd and then back at Sam. Sam's still somewhat out of it. I, will, I won't role play for Sam right now. We'll wait for Casper to get back. But Esco looks back at Eckerd at the rest. Well, I'm glad no one was too hurt in that battle. That, that was a tough one. I have not seen one that has the powers of a basilisk before. I've seen many half dragons with the power of draconic breath, such as the one that spit out the lightning and eat it and, or ate it but not one that can turn others to stone. That is new to me. Just much more frightening of what Koldar is capable of. You now understand even more of what their powers consist of, yes? Yes, I found out the hard way, unfortunately. Clearly, they've been doing some things that one might think, well, oh, I would say affronts to your Omnikami, so... They definitely don't seem right. Exactly. And these are just foot soldiers. Imagine what the generals are capable of. So we have to keep going. We do not have time to rest. Sam, I apologize, but you have to get up. And as she's doing that, she's looking around. Gather whatever you can from them. If they have any supplies, maybe check the soldiers to see if any of them might be alive. But we don't have much time. They know where we're at. We have to continue forward. He will, so if the soldiers are all dead, then Eckhart will ask Sam, Yalar, Kai, and Eska yeah. to pull them at least together so that they're, they're laid to rest of sorts. We don't have time to bury them. Otherwise, Eckhart would probably push to try and bury them, but he'll just uh, put a stone on each of their chests. It, so does everyone... Agree to that. Sam's still a little bit out yeah. of it, but Kai, Yalar. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so you, you were able to help Eska. We'll do the same. She wants to get this done as soon as possible because she's under the assumption that there are more Kaldorian soldiers nearby and she does not want to waste 
too much time in one place. She finds it dangerous. You were able to basically line the bodies up with that. At this point, Sam is now getting back to himself. He, he's now somewhat healed. I won't role play for him, but we'll go ahead and say that we'll end this side story episode of Taverns and Caverns there, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Taverns and Caverns. But before we go, you can follow me on Twitter at HaphazardDM. Yeah, uh, my name is Jake Life. You can find me on Twitter at JKLife. You can also find me on Instagram at the same. Yeah, I'm Rod, also Rodimus. I mean, I guess I'll go ahead and plug my uh, social media. Maybe it uh, might encourage me to actually use it more. You can follow me on Instagram at uh, Rodimus83 and on Twitter at Rodimus7901. And I'm Patrick. Thank you, App, again for having us and inviting us to this. And you can find me on Twitch at Casper, spelled with a K, uh, the Wicked, W-I-K-I-D. And you can also find me on Twitter and the same thing. I'm Mark. Thank you, Pat, for letting me experience my first time on D&D. I actually quite enjoyed myself, Woo. even though I was quiet for the most part. But <laughs> uh, I have nothing to plug in social media-wise. All right, cool. Well, no problem. That's okay. But those are all of our players. You can find them all the Twitter or Instagram handles that they've mentioned. And again, you can find Taverns and Caverns at tavernscaverns.com or tavernscaverns on Twitter. Thank you so much, everyone, and you all have a wonderful day or night.